0: All power is political, and all politics is power. Now, this idea might not resonate to a lot of Westerners who see different political parties come in and out without really changing the course of a nation. And while that might be the best version of politics, the reality is for 99% of human history, this has not been the case. So today, I really want you to think about this one question. How much power should governments have? I bring on Chris, my Canadian friend, to discuss the recent Canadian truck protest, a series of protests where truckers drove their vehicles into major suburban areas and then honked their horn to protest the vaccine mandates. We touch on a range of different issues, like is this a peaceful protest? And also the changing left and right political constituents. And finally, Canadian Prime Minister Justin Trudeau's heavy-handed tactics to suspend these protests. And most interestingly, I think your conclusion to the question of how much power should a government have says more about you and your political beliefs than the question itself. thing is who said this some politician or theorist somewhere down the line or somewhere before said never let a good crisis go to waste <laughs> and i just feel like that's so true of every politician or every government like since mm-hmm. the history of time anytime you can spin something and, and you know this is not i'm not saying this in favor of russia or in favor of nato but anytime you can take a situation and spin it in a way where you get the moral high ground, then you can do something with that moral high ground.
1: Yeah. Well, actually hold on to that thought, because that 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 segues very perfectly into the truck convoy's conversation. Mm-hmm. But but we can we can stir from, from the beginning of the truck convoy if you want.
0: Absolutely. So the thing is I haven't seen much news about the Canadian truck convoys. For some reason, okay. I think part of the reason is because Australia and Canada get on good terms. So I think the news in Australia is less willing to point out what is happening. So because of that, I'm actually somewhat unaware of the Canadian situation, which is because I'm such a history nerd and I'm like I watch politic political videos and I watch news all the time. It's Actually, feels strange for me to be like a little unaware of that situation because I consume so much of this. I, I, I think I've got a good. I, I think I have some understanding of why it started because you can see similar like nationalist right wing sentiments in other Western countries, Germany, Australia, America, especially where there's mm-hmm. an populist movement against the government or against government mandates or government vaccines or et cetera, et cetera. And I'm assuming it's similar to that. But what what has been striking to me is just the difference in coverage. And I'll say one more thing about Russia before we, we move away from that topic. Mm-hmm. It's I, I was scrolling on social media and this news article or this post came up where someone said, if only the news outlets and – I'm assuming this applies for every news outlet in the world or every nation's news outlet. If only their news outlets covered Yemen, like the famine and the the war on Yemen in the same way they cover the Russian Ukraine. Now that's not saying for anyone out there who's like, you know, Oh, are you supporting? No, no. Uh, All I'm saying is like certain items get unfair or an unequal distribution of news coverage and taking that, I feel like the Canadian truck convoys so or truck riots or protests has been or has not been covered very well. So yeah, let me throw it to you. When did it start? Is it a populist movement? Is not a nationalist movement as I, as I think it is? Mm-hmm. And yeah, please map out the trajectory of this protest or resistance or riot so that, you know, we can understand.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, just to touch on uh, on your your last comment once again like i, I fully agree with, with that in the yemeni conflict and like it's like i don't know it's once again i'm not saying russia is in the right here or or, or russia mm, is, is right to invade ukraine but like russia is not an an ally of the west and therefore it makes sense to portray them in an extremely negative light whereas america is not not doing the best like they're just supporting one side of of the you know the Iranian Saudi sort of that that proxy conflict that's going on mm-hmm. there. And
0: wait, sorry, Chris, can I just jump in one more one more thing before I let you take yeah. it away? And on that point, we just want I just want to say anyway that like I'm sure the news would be exactly the same if we were Russian. Like if we were Russian, I'm sure the news would betray the Russian quote unquote enemies in a similar way in the same way that American news outlets portray oh, 100%, 100%. America's, like, quote-unquote, enemies. So this is not 100%. really, you know, we're not arguing that a certain news outlet is better, but simply arguing that, like, each nation is is politically or culturally biased towards themselves, and thus they highlight the negatives of of quote-unquote enemies more i uh, know
1: and i agree and and i think like i think western news outlets are are certainly better than what what they have in russia it's just the majority of of my peers i think believe that western news outlets are completely impartial on that that's certainly not true
0: yeah absolutely yeah. i mean that's a, that's just historically and, and just politically impossible but yeah okay yeah
1: so on to the trucker contest or rather trucker convoys
0: so i mean
1: I, I live in Toronto and there's been consistently every weekend since since the vaccines, the vaccine mandates, the vaccine passports, mask mandates, um, there's always been people protesting on the weekends. Like Every weekend you have a like small parade of a couple thousand people sort of protesting.
0: And how long ago did that start? When did these vaccine mandates start? Before Omicron, after the
1: vaccines rolled out around, I mean, the first doses rolled out in May, June last year and second doses. And as soon as the majority of people had their second doses. So I would say like mid summer, mid our summer guess June, <clears throat> July. I don't have the exact dates in front of me, but basically what happened was you would not be allowed into restaurants or theaters or anything else to be considered leisure. So drugstores and grocery stores, you still be allowed into without proof of vaccination. So this was not left up to the decision of the business owner. It was to be in this enclosed space that's considered non-essential. You need to have, you need to be vaccinated. So we had these little QR codes. I don't know if you could, could fake them even probably. I'm not sure, but you, they would be scanned and then it would pop up and be like, oh, this is your name. This is your birthday. And then you show them another piece of ID and you go in. Mm-hmm.
0: Very, yeah, That's is- very similar to the system that we use. Okay. Can I also ask how yes. heavily monitored is this? Can people fake it? Like, For example, let's just take the mask mandates in, in Sydney. It's a thing and most people wear it, but the people who don't wear it, I think stores have generally just said like, okay, I'm not going to get in a fight with this person, uh, you know, like a a piece of chicken for $2, like whatever. So generally it's like, okay, uh, hopefully most people wear it, but if you don't, we're not going to like start a fight. So how do Canadian stores react?
1: I think it's a similar sort of sentiment, especially probably in smaller town Canada. But in, I would say in Toronto, where and like in bigger cities, where think people are most mostly left leaning, since this has become a political issue, people generally just do comply. People comply, and and therefore there doesn't need to be the sort of conflict. Sometimes, yes, I'll see people with the mask not over their nose and over their mouth, mm-hmm. but like and. and Obviously, you, you can't ask the underpaid, like the underpaid cashier, to call him out and tell him to put his mask on. Like, no, he, <laughs> exactly. She's not putting her life on the line, like you yeah. know. So, 100%. Um, yeah. So hundred percent. Yeah. So I mean, like, and I told I totally get it. It's, it's like whatever. And, and these, and even then, even in terms of like small businesses, often all have been in restaurants where you know I I come in late to join my party, or like my friends get there first and I come in late and they don't end up checking my vaccine passport. Okay like it it they're not super strict on it but like mm-hmm. when they'll at least make a show of it. Yeah, so so I guess to carry on. So like they had this they had these sort of mandates and then ev- and then there started to be protests. These were just like little parades, very organized, quite civil actually. Oh, very civil I would say. I mean, the reporting on it was very, it was generally like negative like, "Oh, these are like silly people doing their protests, but" I mean, like, I've walked past a group of them, like, wearing a mask, and often there's reporting about them harassing people wearing masks. But my experience with them was they were very, very civil. Obviously, mixed in with it, because, once again, this has become a politicized issue, I would say the majority of them are a little bit more right-leaning. And they're, you know, they had some... Some of the signs were a little political, or a little, like, religious, a little... Yeah, yeah. And we're like, they would make allusions or analogies to sort of like the star of david that that jews had to wear in, in nazi mm. germany and like i mean like these were very distasteful but certainly and inoffensive and but i would say they were like they they didn't break things they, they walked like it was it was fine they weren't that disruptive i would say mm-hmm. yeah so this carried on and then and then winter came and they definitely stopped the parades definitely went on less frequently and then I'm actually not fully sure when the convoy started, but late January, late January, I first heard wind of this. One of my friends is from an industrial part of Ontario where that's mm-hmm. where his hometown is. And he mentioned, Oh, the truckers are coming. And he like sent a few posts oh, there the truck
0: was coming. Yeah. That's like a, yeah. That's like a movie, uh tagline <laughs> the <truckers are> coming.
1: <laughs> no, because and then we had like, we were talking about it quite lightheartedly because the, we're like, Oh yeah, well, what can you do if you have a bunch of trucks roll into the city? What can you do? This is like, this is a pure display of force and it's, they're not gonna be able to do anything. And Mm -hmm. that is, that is what happened. The basically towards the end of January, all these trucks moved into Ottawa. I'm looking... Wait, can
0: I just confirm? Is Ottawa the state? Okay, so
1: we have, we have provinces in Canada Mm -hmm. and Ottawa is the capital of the, of the whole country but it's in Ontario and Toronto is the capital of Ontario.
0: Oh my god, my brain just exploded. Okay, okay, sorry, okay. can you say that one more time? No, no, no. Worries.
1: So each province has their capital and each state and sorry, each province has their capital and the country has a capital. Okay. So the the capital, the nation's capital is Ottawa and it's located in the province of mm-hmm. Ontario, but Ontario's mm-hmm. capital is Toronto.
0: Okay, that is yeah. Very bizarre, but okay. Yeah, all I guess, right, I'll like, roll you with think it. about it.
1: Like Washington D.C. isn't actually like, or it's it's its own sort of state, right? It mm-hmm. doesn't. Yeah, yeah, it's not like a. Anyways, but yeah, so that's the way the political system set up. Who cares? But so it's it's yeah. So they went to Ottawa, which is about I would say two and a half, two and a half to three hours from from Toronto, and all these trucks to look at some numbers beforehand, and it was like towards the end of January, it was like. 5000 to like 8000 sort of protesters in in ottawa and
0: and were there all trucks so
1: i'm looking here and my notes it says like there's like a hundred or so like maybe 200 or so trucks and like another like couple hundred like personal vehicles Mm -hmm. yeah so like obviously there's a lot of there's a lot of buzz about like how like a lot of trucks like and like, you know, thousands of trucks. And really, that wasn't the case. But what you what like even then, a hundred trucks in the downtown core of a city is is very, very disruptive. And these it's are game breaking. Yes. Yes. And like for for reference, when, when we say trucks, they're like they're like the 18 the wheeler trucks or just the heads oh of these my trucks. Lord. They're not yeah. the they're not like a like a, just like a pickup truck so and yeah they've been there i think recently we're sitting towards the end of february now and i think they're mostly they're mostly gone now they've been okay i guess i'll just keep on giving chronological events so they sat there for a bit they're just they were disruptive various reports from the left and the right talking about like various degrees of disruption and you know some people were saying they were being harassed some people say like you know it was inappropriate to sort of throw eggs at the truckers there were there were reports of People giving the truckers food laced with laxatives, like <laughs> like pretending to support them, giving them food laced with laxatives. It was yeah, what it was, on earth? I mean, like that's like, pretty funny if you think about it. <laughs> I mean, like I'm sure that's certainly illegal. Like, yes, but, <laughs> but I, I don't know. You can sort of tell where politics lie on this, but but and then at a certain point they moved to they tried moving to, to Toronto as well, but the Toronto police were prepared this time around. They cut off access to many of the major roads, so it definitely was not as disruptive. And then so I guess they the bulk of the effect was in was in Ottawa. There was also some in Alberta, and yeah, yeah. So I guess the the reason the official reason for the protests was. They were truckers and they were upset that they needed to be vaccinated in order to cross the border,
0: which, if you
1: think about it, already doesn't make that much sense, right? Because,
0: sorry, go. So the the question I wanted to ask is, and so much of this is just a dispute of sources. I I think we touched upon that at the beginning of of this (laughs) podcast, but what I've read somewhere was the truckers were against vaccine mandates because you know, the usual right argument of, and when I mean right, I mean like right wing argument of mm-hmm. government overreach. And along with that, there was the other point that apparently the truckers, when they crossed the border and returned, needed to isolate. Is that true? Or is um, that a fabrication?
1: I have, to the best of my understanding, that is not the case. To the uh, best of my understanding... um it was only the flights that had to isolate. Well, I I I am not sure. I am not because sure.
0: Because if they needed to like pretend they need like they crossed the border. I'm pretty sure Michigan is pretty close to the border. So if yes. they crossed the border and they dropped something off in Michigan and they came back and they need to isolate for two weeks, then yeah, then I would be really annoyed as well. But yeah, but so so once again, I, I'm not really sure what the like yeah, what, what was the reason? Was it just because like they were against vaccine mandates and then my my approach to it changes a lot or was it against, you know, if you cross the country and you come back, you then have to isolate? From
1: I mean, I'm almost certain that's not the case. I mm-hmm. like I know like for flight restriction, for flights, you there is a random testing protocol in place where you when you take a flight, you get back. Even if you're fully vaccinated, you have to take a COVID test on random. And then if you, you have to isolate for, until you get your result back. But mm. I don't think that is in place for land crossings. And I certainly don't think that's in place for truckers who are like who are essential in doing their job. So I don't know. I might have to eat my words, but I, I'm almost positive that's not the case.
0: Okay. So for now, we'll just go under the impression that it's purely the idea that they don't want to be vaccinated. And it's not the idea of like... Yes. Yes. I mean, at Quarantine. the beginning... It,
1: yes. Because, well, the it definitely started with truckers who didn't want to be vaccinated have to cross the border back. And then, and then they definitely, because I guess of this sort of working class image, they de- definitely attracted lots of supporters to the cause. Um, and the idea of, you know, not wanting to vaccinate it, the government is is unfairly enforcing its mandates, they're illegal, blah, blah, mm-hmm. blah, who knows what's in your vaccine? And yeah.
0: Can we just pause this conversation to mm-hmm. mention, isn't it interesting how politic evolves and the right has shifted to this idea of being for the working class, where I think in the 50s, 60s, 70s, I think it was reversed Mm -hmm. with Democrats being, and now I'm just talking about the image, but Democrats or or left-wing politicians or political parties affiliating themselves with the working class. But it seems like the right has really made that push to become associated with that, that demographic
1: i mean once again I'm, I'm gonna as as you did i'm gonna do a disclaimer and i'm not i'm not well-versed enough but it seems as though much of the working class is not only for the right especially it's not the it's not just the working class but it's the 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 white working class and you see this with the american make america great and even with the truckers like i think the majority of truckers in canada are actually ethnic minorities they're um They're immigrants from South Asia. Really? I would not have
0: expected that.
1: They've come without much education to to Canada and they're just working to make ends meet. But but the truckers who are doing the protests are, are by and large, white Canadians. Mm -hmm. And like, and yeah,
0: so... So can I ask, how paralyzing was these protests? So they would come into the the city and then they would just blast their horns for a while now firstly how how uh, annoying was it did you you know catch did you hear it and things like what did the police or government or forces do in order to disband this and and what is the and third question and i'm throwing a lot at you what is the public Mm -hmm. like what does the public feel about this protest are they in favor are they sympathetic like is can is canada divided
1: okay yes these are good questions is there, is there, thank you for providing structure so first disruptive i'm in i was once again like i mentioned i'm in toronto not ottawa and i think it was definitely much more disruptive for ottawa because the mm-hmm. police were not prepared and they managed to clog up basically all the major roads so ambulances had trouble people couldn't get to school people couldn't, couldn't get to work mm-hmm. um, for me in toronto there were a few weekends when i could hear the horns and it was very interesting it, it was like it was like a wake up in a movie and like, you know, there's like, or like, you know, the opening of La La Land when like people are like, I don't know if you've seen La La Land, but like, I have seen like, La La Land. Okay. The opening, like another day of sun where people are like blasting their horns and they, it breaks into a musical number. Like That's what it felt like. It felt like there are all uh-huh. these hordes that was going to break into a musical number, but that was only for a few days. I, it was not disruptive for me, except for the horns for a little bit. Mm-hmm. So, so that to answer your first question for me, certainly not for the people in Ottawa living in the Vietnam Corps probably a lot more than for me to your second question police response this is it's interesting you should mention this because once again depending on your political affiliation people are quite divided on this the the left is is enraged that the police were not deployed sooner oh this is an example exemplification of their white privilege you know if this was a bunch of racial minorities protesting honking their horns they would have been gunned down so soon and the mm-hmm. right is, oh my god, I can't believe you're not letting us protest. It's a peaceful mm-hmm. protest. It's you know the both sides of the
0: that really brings up a good question of like what classifies as a peaceful protest because it was technically peaceful, but good lord, it would be annoying if you if yeah. people were just like blasting their horn like all the time. So yeah. I, I guess it it depends on what you classify as peace and. Obviously the political divide, which is quite prevalent in a lot of Western countries, the left would see it as maybe not violent, but like but moving towards annoying or you know disruptive and mm-hmm. the right would see it as oh it's completely peaceful, right? I'm not punching anyone, I'm not insulting right. anyone. I'm I've just decided to blast my horn for the next eighteen hours. Right. So
1: Right I mean I guess I'll I'll quickly finish with a piece on the police response and then mm-hmm. I'll go I'll go into that. And I guess there is a certain, there was a certain degree of difficulty in removing these sort of trucks from auto as well. Once they were mm-hmm. in, it was it's very hard from what I've been reading online to remove like like a semi. Like mm-hmm. there's the air brakes are like on by default. There's specialized equipment required to remove them. And in addition, these, these towing companies don't wanna be in the bad books of these truckers.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So mm-hmm. there was definitely a lot, there were definitely barriers to moving these trucks and i don't think it's fair to necessarily entirely laying the blame on the police and like saying the police response is lax but yeah to to your point about a peaceful protest it was actually interesting i was having a, a discussion with my father about this brief discussion and i'm mean, like oh you know what do you think about the truck protests he's like what do you think well i'm like oh they're kind of silly they're kind of like annoying and like i mean i i don't really talk to my father that much but like completely unprompted my father was like well you know they're like honestly largely peaceful you can't like let your, like, Black Lives Matter protesters protest. And, like, just because these guys don't agree with your politics, you're against them. And I'm like, well, well, like, that. that's kind of true. Like, I mean, yeah. granted, I'm still very much in the camp of, okay, you know, like, there's one that's right, one that's wrong. Um, Like, I don't believe, like, I think there's definitely an affiliation with, like, further right, like, with far right groups, neo-Nazis, mm-hmm. with the sort of trucker protest. But... By and large, it is just angry people who are tired of the vaccine, tired of COVID, they're fed up. I, I don't think their energies are being spent appropriately, but by and large, they're mostly peaceful. They are not destroying that much property. Like, I don't know, if you form <laughs> a blockade at a pipeline, I'm sure mm-hmm. it's very disruptive for the people who are, who are there as well, right? Like, So, I, I mean on at a very very high level sort of theoretical view like i i find them more and more inclined to believe my to agree with my father and like yeah me too. perhaps i think i think the sort of police reaction and definitely the invoking of the emergencies emergency act was was definitely a little bit of an overstep
0: yeah that's a great segue because now once again this i mean this is this seems to be the primary conflict of of this podcast which is like what source do you get your news from and how reliable is it but i was reading some sources and apparently trudeau wanted to like stop or like track them down but but more than that like apparently stop their pay or something yes is that true
1: freeze their bank accounts
0: how that i mean to me that just seems so yeah so yes. authoritarian it's just such an overreach because no, no, I... and even even you know even if i disagree with their their politics i just feel like once you allow this then this weapon this tool can then be used against for example protest which i'm more in favor of like climate change protest for example
1: yes yes so yeah so on that note so what trudeau did well i mean before even before before invoking the emergency act what happened was Trudeau did. There was a, like a GoFundMe, and they were they had worked to sort of block that, and to and I'm not. I think it's it's I'm a little unsure about what about the legality of that. Like, I mean, GoFundMe is sort of as a private company, the government mm-hmm. sort of issues it. they probably have their own mission statement, which like you know, which sort of can they can use to weasel their way out of these sorts of things. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so what happened was. In in middle February, Trudeau sort of like, I guess the word would be like invoked, called upon the Emergencies Act. And which is, which is funny, funnily enough, has only been invoked in peacetime one more time prior to this, which is by his father, the other Mm. Trudeau. Like Trudeau Mm. is like a little bit like the Kennedys. They're like a little bit during, during a separatist crisis in in like the seventies. So they, which... And it's normally like for emergencies, for wartime. So it's the it's the second time it's been done during peacetime.
0: Yeah. So that, which Man, I, them. I, yeah. I, I just I can't imagine how much ammunition this would have given the right for Trudeau to do this. There would have been like tyrant. Actually, I saw what's her name. She's like a pretty. She's a very right wing, almost uh, reactionary. And once again, there. Uh, I've revealed my political affiliation. Candace Owens, I believe that's her name. She oh, yes. she called Trudeau like Hitler or something because, because he invoked this emergency act. So I I feel like the right just exploded when he did that because once again, government overreach.
1: I certainly think that was an overreach. I I mean, perhaps, I, once again, I'm not well-versed. Perhaps there's no other way to authorize the towing of trucks. Maybe there wasn't, Maybe you know, but... I, woof, it was, yeah, I certainly think it was an overreach. It allowed them to sort of, then, like you said, the main, the main thing was to freeze their sort of accounts, their bank accounts. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think this is like you mentioned earlier on the point where, where things that can be, what would you say? No good crisis should be, should go to waste. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like I think this was, this was kind of, this is kind of it. This is like, this is sort of sets a precedent where they can now freeze bank accounts and, and which is very, very, very damaging, especially in this new sort of digital age where, where everything we, we I don't know, I carry like a hundred bucks cash on me. I'm another like hundred at home. I have like a hundred on my pills. Like, cause it's just like, you know, but like, that's yeah. it. Like I have like 400 yeah. bucks of cash. All the rest of this is in the bank. Uh-huh. And like, and how are you, it's not that you like, it's not just that. You can't, you know, you can't buy a truck to protest anymore, but like, how are you going to get billboards or like little, little boards to, to put your slogans on? How are you going to get mm-hmm. megaphones? How are you mm-hmm. going to eat? Like it's, it's very, if the government can shut down the bank account of anyone that sort of, in this case, disagrees with them or show has like a large sort of disabl- dis- display of disagreement, then. This is certainly like it is very frightening for me.
0: Well, can I ask? Did it actually happen? So Trudeau mm-hmm. mentioned it, but but I never saw reports or news articles of them actually freezing bank accounts. So did they actually go to the extra step and implement it? I'm
1: I'm I'm not sure, but I'm well, not for I'm not sure for the majority of the truckers, but I'm sure for the leaders, they definitely did have their bank accounts frozen.
0: Mm-hmm. And. The reason why I was interested in this news story was firstly I was interested in the fact that I wasn't getting like much political coverage on it, and that itself brings a lot of like questions of bias or you know which which side you're quote unquote affiliated with. But more than that, I think this is just such a interesting segue into much larger questions. So for example, even the thing you brought up with GoFundMe should the government and I don't have an answer but should the government have the right to like stop a private company from dealing with citizens? So sh- can the government like rightfully intervene? And on the other hand, I I can see, I can see sometimes when the answer is yes. So for example, if ISIS set up a GoFundMe, I would mm-hmm. understand the government stepped in and, On the other hand, if someone did something, I guess, less abrasive, a.k.a. not terrorism or jihad, I can see the government intervention being too much of an overreach. So and that's what I find interesting about politics. In many ways, it's like philosophy implemented on a social and practical level. And where you stand on things like how important the government is or should we have less government or individualism, liberty, et cetera, et cetera. Would define how you react to these these events. Mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I, I can I can certainly agree with that. But your initial question was on the GoFundMe, and what I think that well, should the government be allowed to sort of dictate who <laughs> does business with whom, right? I think, I mean, once again, this is the, I guess the difference between Canada and, and and the United States, of America, and I'm I feel like Australia is. Maybe a little closer to Canada than the than the United States on this aspect, but like in Canada, there certainly is the government is given a little more power. The like freedom of speech isn't as strong in Canada as it is in the states. I I would assume similar similar sort of constraints happen to like freedom of association uh, and like assembly and such. And like the the Canadian version of we have like a Charter of Rights and Freedoms, which is similar to. I don't know, declaration of whatever, whatever, whatever document they have in the States. And there's, there are certain guarantees, like you you have these fundamental freedoms, but there's also, there's also a, like an application and citation. There's the, these have limitations. These have limitations when they infringe on the rights of others or when they mm. are, they are causing X, Y, Z harm. So, and so I think in, in the case here where the government is for the GoFundMe case, I think, I'm not sure if it was necessarily an overreach. Um, I think that doing business in Canada, you have these rules and I think, I think, I think it's acceptable. I -hmm. think that, I think the GoFundMe to me, it was acceptable that, and the, the, the company also chose to abide by sort of Canadian rules. Canadian laws mm-hmm. in this case.
0: So overall, if we were to sum up your position, you were more in favor of, or more willing to accept the government working with GoFundMe to shut down the, the GoFundMe for truckers, but you were not in favor of government shutting down or closing bank accounts. Yes.
1: Yes. I, I mean, I view one as sort of, <sighs> A, there was a third-party association help funding, or rather, collecting a centralized platform where people, where that was funding the, that was de facto because people were donating to it, and it was just dis- disbursing the funds. That was funding the movement. Mm-hmm. And the other one was these. It was a, the individual rights to sort of basically live mm-hmm. because without your access, to your like I don't know, I, I'd i be on the street like in a few days if, if yeah. I didn't have access to my bank account.
0: For sure. So, what happened? So, it seems like this event, this movement has died down just from time or people getting bored of it. Mm-hmm. Or maybe it's just like the news coverage has shifted so dramatically to Europe instead. But overall, it seems like it's ended or it's uh, petering out. So, mm-hmm. can I ask, what are the repercussions of this? So, is Trudeau's career intact? The- is there like a real buried anger to the government, for example, this is, if we look at Hong Kong, there's no protest right now and there's no riots or, you know, protest, depending on which side you are, you choose a different word, but I still think there is a real anger or a real sense of angst amongst the local population that is so right now, it's just been, I guess, suppressed because of COVID now yeah, in Canada, is there that same sense of annoyance? That has simply just been dispersed for a little while and do you expect it to come back and i'll give you one one more example of this and i'd like to hear your opinion so i don't think the biden administration or the left has really dealt with i'm not even sure if you can call biden left like he would be right wing in australia but um but yeah I, i'm not sure if they've really dealt with the trump crowd or that almost, I don't even know what the word is, this very nationalist, populist, Trump-esque crowd. And I think in three years, two years, four years, whenever the elections happen, I think Trump will be a powerful force and his constituents and his type of politicians will be very powerful. So yeah, let's wrap that all up into a single question. What is the repercussions of these trucker protests? Have Has it dispersed completely people in su- in favor of Trudeau has Trudeau lost a lot of face and power during this yeah tell uh, me I, what's happened yeah
1: I agree I mean I think like I think the liberal party of Canada is 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 like centrist politics and like being centrist politics you can't you can't appease it anyone like I think no one was happy with what Trudeau did mm-hmm. one side thinks he reacted too too little too late the other side thought it was a a massive overreach of powers; they should have been allowed to protest. The vaccine passport has actually been lifted in a lot of so provincial mandate. The health health protocols and, and stuff fall under provincial jurisdiction. Mm-hmm. So individual provinces are lifting the vaccine mandate. It was a part of the reopening plans, anyways. However, it, it unfortunately co- or fortunately coincided with the trucker protests. So you know that they kind of. Got some of what they wanted. I, his career is, is certainly intact. I, I'm not the biggest fan. I think he's not. I think he's okay. He's he's a very he's like a slice of Wonder Bread. You know? Do you have Wonder Bread in <laughs> Australia? Okay, yes, you have. Um,
0: isn't that just white bread?
1: Yeah, yeah. It's like a like a very like brioche. Like it's not very good. Or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Yeah.
0: F- fun fact: Apparently, in World War II, the British, because they were, I guess, starved of resources, they developed a type of cuisine. Cuisine is probably too strong of a word. Uh, but it was called, I think it's called wet bread, where in the middle they'd have a soggy piece of bread and they would have two non-soggy oh pieces God. of bread on the outside. Oh and God. I just, honestly, that that itself is against the Geneva Convention. <laughs> that should be, honestly, banned in every country. And apparently there's, a, there's another cuisine they made. And man, the British, I feel for, they must be desperate. To come up with this, they did another thing where it was called uh, a toast sandwich, where in the middle (laughs) was instead of like food, yeah, I'll use that word, instead of food, they put like a (laughs) warm piece of toast, and then, you know, above and below, they would just put Wonder Bread, so honestly, man, like...
1: This <laughs> sounds terrible that we're laughing I'm sure like if there's ever like a 90-year-old war vet listening to this, he's gonna be very upset at, at two of us. But um Yeah. Yeah, I mean like okay, so yeah, but back back to the topic. Like I don't I think he, he he plays it very safe. He's a career politician, he's he walks the middle. I I have many other gripes with him as opposed other than like how he chose to handle this. I don't think he's doing much for the country. At the same at the same time, I don't think he's step he's putting Canada back either. He's just he just is. He's sort of like mm-hmm. emblematic of the He's like he was he would be like Hillary Clinton, you know? He's he is the institution. Yeah,
0: yeah he is the institution. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um but so to stands to that point that and then onto the sort of hidden anger. Yeah, I'm I'm actually glad you sort of met, brought up the Hong Kong piece too and it's and I, I view it all in a similar sort of vein, right? It's if people are happy, they have less time to think about this sort of stuff. And mm-hmm. I don't, I don't. Once again, I'm not saying China should take over Hong Kong right now immediately, and like the Hong Kong people are silly to protest, but the 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 people protesting Hong Kong are are effectively doing so a large part because they don't see any any future for for them in Hong Kong. They don't see any opportunity for them to grow. They Hong Kong is a terrible capitalist society where like the person who runs Hong Kong is called their chief executive. Like they, Mm -hmm. it's just, they, they don't, they're never going to be able to afford real estate. They work for pennies, live in coffin apartments. And so Mm -hmm. they're rightfully mad. And of course the China, China overstepping has sort of funneled their anger in on, on a cause. And I think Absolutely. it's similar with the, this this trucker protest. It's similar that... in
0: America as well, by the way. Yeah. Like if you look at the Trump constituency, I've used that word three times, by the way. I'm very <laughs> proud of myself. But if you use, <laughs> if you look at the people who vote for Trump, they come from the Rust Belt. So, and he would appeal to them by saying like, "I will get back your manufacturing jobs." And in places that voted for Trump, they usually had what was called what was it called a, a social disease or a disease of sadness or, or depression or something like that where they were more likely to in those areas to have drug overdoses to have domestic mm. abuse and these social crimes not like so social sicknesses not like you know a broken leg or something but mm-hmm. like depression et cetera etc cetera. and I think that's why a lot of people, And this applies for the Canadian truckers and Hong Kong and stuff like that. They voted for or they participated in these these movements disruptive because I think the status quo was not working for them. Now, once again, as you as you rightfully said, that's not to say that, like, I don't think the Hong Kong people had no right to protest, but simply Mm. that you cannot remove economics from any protest. It really is the underlying factor or a major factor, or a minor factor, but, but definitely a factor of a lot of these protests and a lot of these movements. And I think the truckers were upset or in Canada about the economic situation and how a lot of the, the money is being diverted to like, or in America is diverted to the coastlines and to certain Mm -hmm. occupations, like software development, et cetera, et cetera. And there's coastal elites in America. I'm not really sure about the Canadian geography and yeah, I think there's a real economic heartbeat to a lot of these protests.
1: Yeah, yeah, and likewise, like what you said about people without really that that are just angry because they don't see much hope, they don't see much opportunity. I, I, I personally didn't think that this population. Maybe it's because I'm a I'm a seaboard elite. I guess I I, I don't I didn't see that this existed in Canada. Like certainly, certainly, I think. Canada is does have a certain degree of inequality. I don't know if you've heard much about it, but but housing is inexplicably expensive in Canada. Like realtors in Canada eat so well, it, it's it's absurd. And like as you know, like as me, like a yuppie, I I I did I did all the right things. Graduated high school, graduated college, got like a job, contributed to this capitalist economy. But I am not sure if I'll ever be able to afford real estate in a major mm-hmm. Canadian city. Like I, I did all the right things right but and like and this is for me who's had these opportunities so like I can see that there is definitely this this class of people who who probably have have had a better childhood or like see their see see themselves becoming less well being less well off than their parents and yeah I'm not not sure what can be done what needs to be done to address this without causing massive like capital and sort of human drain and like exodus but there i think certainly this has brought this to, to the to the forefront i think a lot of my friends who are on the left wing will say like oh you know it's like nazism has reared its ugly head in canada like this is very clear now what, what canada's truly of. i'm like okay yes but these it, the real problem here is that these individuals are not given any chances and like i don't mm-hmm. know this this uh, and as i'm listening to myself say this i feel like i sound so patronizing but like but that, that i think this is the problem here that the the economics are broken this sort of pretty still pretty capitalistic model is not adequately providing for enough for people people can't get retrained
0: well the there was a There was a famous article or sentiment that just said, "Oh, truckers or manufacturers, we'll just retrain them to be IT professionals." But in reality, that's not true, right? That's just not a workable model. And What, what what did I want to say about the trucker situation? Like, would they really be protesting if they were earning the salary of like you know two three times the salary? Probably not. Like a lot of this to me is discontent with their situation. And then, as you said, in the Hong Kong situation or or in the Canadian situation, the government does something or someone does something and it triggers a lot of this this anger. And this is something that I've thought for a while. And to me, I differentiate between what I call left and liberal. And liberal to me is almost... uh, And I might be using these words uh, differently or, or you might see them differently. But... To me, a liberal is someone who wants to keep the status quo, but but when, like, Ukraine gets bombed, they'll just change their flag to, like, Ukrainian colors. And to me, like, there is a lot of push in the left for, like, representation, which, you know, uh, there, there are things I, I do like, like, representation, you know, it... it it's nice to see someone look like me that's not like a joke on TV all the time. Mm-hmm. and there are other things like you know women's issues and, and like there are a lot of things I support on the left. but I feel like the a lot of the left has become liberal in the sense that they are still very supportive of the economic uh, situation, the economic reality. And to me, the genuine the genuine distribution of power, is about economics. And until you really distribute economics, things like trans movements or Black Lives Matter or or even just pro-environment rallies, all this stuff, you know, against child labor, all this stuff is, it's really just a facade until you deal with the, the core issue, which is, to me, economics. And it's almost like the part of the left has really diverted their energy into uh, virtue signal- signaling with these like displays of like allyship and stuff, mm-hmm. which hey, I'm not against. I'm not against it, but it, to me, it doesn't target the real issue. And it's almost like the left gave up on like dealing with this capitalist structure, and they're like, okay, we can't deal with that, but we can give you flags. We can <laughs> put you in TV more often we can yeah. you know shout your name a few times like it, yeah that's that's what I think w- w- what do you think about that
1: I think I agreed with your original definition and I think I would expand the definition of liberal to sort of leftist agreements and policies but under the under the capitalist framework and I would say anyone who is actually leftist has at least some bones to pick with with capitalism as a whole and mm-hmm. like yeah but yeah like, I I've read somewhere that like, I know it was like a, like a quippy little tweet. It was like environmentalism without economics is just gardening. And like, yes,
0: you mentioned this last time and yeah, I, okay. I agree. percent. It, 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 like,
1: it lives in my head a little bit. I think about it, you know, I'm like, um, but yeah, I think a large part of these problems are economical and like, but this is, this is where I stand. My problem is like, it's very easy for me to sit here in my like, you know, coastal sort of apartment, working my office job I'd be like, yes, well this is broken. This is not gonna work. That's not gonna work. You know, like but you really shouldn't make a big protest anymore because you can't burn it all down from scratch. Like mm-hmm. and like not also just take up this all the space, but not not really contribute any sort of ideas mm-hmm. or any, any sort of like action. But yeah, so I I I I am very aware that like s- like sort of just sitting in my armchair and, and And repeating these sort of political statements is is one thing, but yeah, I I fully agree with you. I think that there needs to be something done at a fundamental with how how wealth is redistributed, especially Mm. in these sort of countries where, yeah, where there's this underclass that can't be trained to do these jobs and no longer feel like they're contributing to society.
0: And just for the audience or just, you know, for you, I'm not against all facets of capitalism i actually think we need some economic competition in order to like help the country grow help our country grow and even if you look at china on it was very very poor until they adopted some aspect of capitalism Mm -hmm. on the other hand i think if you veer too heavily into either direction so if you go complete communism socialism okay i'm not that well versed on like communist ideology or like socialist ideology but apparently like peak communism if you could even get there was like there would be no government but hey i just haven't seen that aspect of communism in 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 practice so i'm gonna play and i'll talk about communism or socialism through what has historically happened where Mm -hmm. the government redistributes a lot of stuff I, i think there's benefits to that there's also negatives and capitalism there's also benefits and negatives so i think there needs to be a, a bit of both. And I think if we just look at America during the 40s and 50s, yes, they had a lot of heaps of racial gender problems, like just heaps, like a lot of other mm-hmm. countries. Mm-hmm. But their government and their economic system was a lot less broken from from what I've heard and what I've read. So, yeah, yeah it, it just okay. feels like... Um, it just and, feels like LARPing. Well, I'm not sure if you know what that term means, live action role playing. Yeah. Like yeah. Where, where liberals, you know, like bulba tea and, and you know, oh like you know, we'll we'll put your name on like a Starbucks coffee. But really the main issue is distribution. Or when what was it when Amazon came out and said like like we support like, you know, mental health or something like that, mental health week and It's like you don't even let your, you know, Bezos doesn't even let the employees, yeah, go to the bathroom. Like, But virtue signaling is, it's effective to the coastal elites, to the liberals who who don't want to change the system, but still want the morality. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think,
1: I guess, I guess I, I generally agree with you. I think there is some mix needs to exist. And I think one of the most important things of capitalism that has been lost recently that people would consider an aspect of capitalism is sort of equality of opportunity, and then, <laughs> the you know the of course the idea of the American dream you know rise to riches, but like, but because it's it's no longer true, it's complete it's no longer true, and and the people no longer believe in it. So right. long as 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 everyone believes they they can be rich, well they I don't want to be taxed when I get rich. So I, right now, uh, billionaires shouldn't pay taxes. But but they they no longer believe in that the that's why that this undercurrent exists now where because they don't think that they have this opportunity they can't play in this current system anymore and so therefore they have this anger and which is no longer no longer exists in this if we want to call this capitalist society but without this sort of opportunity like there's still a the profit incentive there's still the incentive to work hard but it's it's just much slimmer now
0: mm-hmm. for sure so does that mean for the next optimus prime movie Can- canadians are going to be like mad triggered <laughs> for the next oh well, <laughs> they like trucks on tv morphing into robots uh-huh. oh my lord <laughs> it's funny because those are the things that are going to be taking away the jobs of the truckers these robot trucks hey um thanks for this chris uh, i really appreciate you jumping on like i said at the beginning Every time you come on, it's like politics, like global economics. (laughs) It's like, you know, system overhaul, you know, is the right correct? Is the left correct? And when I'm, you know, talking about podcasts with my other friends, like I've got a few lined up, like the next podcast I'm I'm doing with my friend is like, so what do you think about Studio Ghibli? (laughs) It's so so sweet and pleasant. And every time you come on, it's like... (laughs) (laughs) what is happening in Ukraine has, (laughs) has the Russians overstepped? (laughs) So yeah, but Mm. Hey man, I I really appreciate, I need someone to talk with talk about the serious stuff with Mm. and not only to provide the French, the the (laughs) few seconds of French at the beginning, you also provide that. So yeah, I really appreciate um, you jumping off, but do you want to say any, any last words about the situation in in Canada? Anything else that I guess we should know about the truckers or, are you good and we, we should wrap it up yeah i mean i'm down to
1: wrap it up i think this is the first time i have in such a public venue given any sort of large political overlay so i'm a little concerned of repercussions i hope i don't appear as <laughs> as an enlightened centrist also don't don't want to get flamed by both sides but like
0: yeah yeah these, these are my thoughts and yeah. hopefully
1: don't hold them against me
0: and yeah. Well, thoughts change and maybe in if someone pops up just like, Oh yeah, my change my thoughts or something. i <laughs> just don't yeah. redirect it somewhere <laughs> else. <laughs> yeah. Hey man, I appreciate this and we'll talk soon, man. Okay. Take it easy. Thanks so much. Take it easy, bro.